It's interesting how the prevailing opinion, the prevailing majority, is always some sort of rebellion. There's always some sort of middle finger to the supposed authority, or the supposed power, or the supposed, you know, state, or so on and so forth. Everybody, everybody and their brother from all sides of the political spectrum just uh, waxes poetic and wanks off about how wonderful it is to be part of a resistance or rebellion or I don't need no stinking government. Yeah. As Somalia proves, when you have an unstable government, what you end up with is literal anarchy. And anarchy, um, putting aside all the flowery words and uh, posy about it, is literally warlord rule. Um, and those who say that the ancient civilizations were just a collection of warlords focused solely on the whole Anglo-Saxon uh, tribal conflicts in medieval England, pre-medieval England, and uh, neglect to recognize that um, ancient Greece and ancient Rome had a strong, solid authority even within each Greek city-state, and yet it was the literal bastion of Western civilization and the epoch through which everything else has sprung. Contrary to popular belief, we need order. We need authority. We need discipline. We need consistency. We need everything that we have been told for the past few decades is for squares, you know. <laughs> it's funny, that was always the way they'd always get you, you know. Anytime uh, they wanted you to, people wanted you to do something stupid in school, that you know, in olden days they'd call you a square, now they just say you're lame, say you're not cool, so on and so forth. But what happens when cool is uh, manufactured? What happens when bands and people and um, regular citizens who speak out towards a better understanding of the state, a better understanding of order and authority and the need for discipline, the need for whether inner order and outer, outer order, um, it gets shunted to the side, it gets mocked, it gets, uh, you know, just a passing glance in the case of people like Jocko Wilnick, um, you know, people give it a passing glance on their local mainstream media, and uh, they don't really pay much attention to it. It's interesting, uh, as a younger man, I was heavily into politics, and, uh, and to some degree I keep a foot in it just to keep abreast of things, but I'm starting to step away more and more as days go by. Because it's not just, you know, left wing versus right wing, it's not just, you know, um, your side, my side, and uh, on some level it is, but it's not in the way we think it is. And it's not the, you know, brave, noble Star Wars resistance against the evil empire. If anything, hashtag the empire did nothing wrong. And so where we've ended up is just this complete and utter rendering of the social fabric. And because we've all been lied to for generations, any attempt to repair that social fabric to seal together some sort of genuine order is pushed back against because everybody's spoon-fed on Star Wars and Harry Potter and they decide that order and authority are somehow evil things like ambition. Ambition used to mean you could pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, uh, tighten your belt and make something of yourself. Now it's considered to be the equivalent of a Wall Street CEO who just outsources jobs just to make a buck. Ironically, it's the very same people telling you to resist who are being funded by those very same Wall Street outsourcing CEOs. It's those very same people who claim to care for the poor, but they put policies in place that will keep them in poverty. And maybe that's the real reason 
at least half the people are against authority, um, are against order, are against government, the state, so on and so forth, because the state has lost its way, the state has lost its mandate, um, and we, we can go back and argue about, you know, rights and states and so on and so forth, but, um, the real question is, we have an overarching state, but it's for all the wrong reasons. We have a state that rewards victimization in the form of welfare and affirmative action. We have a state that if you attempt to make uh, a little bit more money while still being loyal to your country, you are banned from social media. You are um, heavily taxed, um, and there are people out there that want to tax you more, and they hold up these modern neoliberal European countries as something to be proud of, when in reality, they're not. They've fallen significantly further than we have, to the point where they can't even petition the government for a redress of grievances without being literally gagged in the middle of the night and taken away, you know. The interesting part is, everybody likes to frame our current... Um, spiritual debacle as capitalism versus communism, the coin versus the collective, and reality, it's not true at all. Collectivism is a necessity, but like a lot of other things in the modern world, it's been perverted, it's been uh, twisted. The state, uh, the order, um, the overarching authority is an absolute necessity. A wise British politician in the 1930s once said that it is not that power corrupts absolutely. I'm paraphrasing here. It is not that power corrupts absolutely. Rather, it is that we have neglected to make men fit for power. It's a very powerful statement because, as I've said on this podcast before, and I'll probably say it again until my ears turn blue, um, we get the leaders we deserve. We get the people in power that we deserve. We get um, our politics is a reflection of our culture. If our culture is trash, our leaders are trash. If we sneer at the state, we sneer at law, we sneer at order, we sneer at all these things, it's where we end up with further ridiculous laws. Because those same people who sneer at the state, who sneer at law and order, who seek to solely utilize the, their office for their own gain, I could name names for days on that one, they're the ones in power. The people who genuinely care about this country have decided to step back and say, no, we don't want any part of politics, media, academia, so on and so forth. And the... Uh, People who hate this country were all too happy to oblige that and to fuel that further. What we face isn't just an economics problem. It isn't just a even a race problem, honestly, at this point. Um, it is a spiritual problem, you know. I'm going to give a brief example from my homeless days about how I started to develop order. And I'm not a fan of talking about it because I don't want to be defined by the difficult things I've gone through. Um, but I'm just using it to reflect a point. When I was briefly homeless, I um, started to sit back and observe. 
And I'm drawing upon it because that's one of the few times in my life where everything was just sharpened, where my focus was sharpened, everything was clear, everything was just straightforward. I sat back and I observed, tried to keep my head down, tried not to make too much noise, tried to just slip in and out as necessary because I saw it in my mind, I kept it in my mind that it would just be a temporary thing. I kept it in my mind, I saw it in my mind that I needed to be more disciplined at that point in time as best I could than I'd ever been before. And I say this as somebody who quite frankly has struggled with discipline. Um, I was, you know, a fairly disciplined child, um, used to, you know, care about um, being orderly and things like that and, you know, care about you know, things related to that, um, you know, discarded it as a preteen, and then circumstances as a teenager kind of pushed that out the window, and now I'm trying to regain it back. But that was sort of the catalyst to starting to try to regain discipline, um, because I saw, I saw maybe a very minuscule number of people who were like me, who had that mindset, who saw it as something temporary and wanted to get out of that situation as quickly as they could and as fast as they could. I saw people that were content to be homeless, to be there, because either they were getting money from the government by being homeless, they could leech off the system by being homeless, or a lot of people could just sit, um, sit on the corner with a sign, shake a cup a couple times and get change. I also learned to take a look at the uh, demographics there, but that's a story for a different day. And then I also saw probably the worst part of that. I looked into the eyes of people who gave up, gave up on life, gave up on getting out of that situation, on any improvements in their life or in their soul. And I could see their eyes were just empty. They were just shuffling along and taking things day by day and wait, as Towns Van Sant once said, waiting around to die. That shook me in a way, but it shook me in the sense that it started to open my eyes more. And granted, it, it you know did take me a lot longer to develop the current discipline I'm developing now, and even I only consider it now that I'm starting to kind of put the bricks in the mortar together on that one. And um, where we've ended up is just this giant sense of either entitlement or this giant sense of giving up on life. Either people give up on life because, oh, you only have one life to live. Oh, nothing matters uh, except for your temporary pleasures here in this physical plane. If anything, I think that's why I've clung to the fate that I've clung to for a while now. And that's why on some level I was always a man of faith. Um, not in the typical way, so to speak, but um, I am a man of faith, or at least I consider myself one. And um, just like we need order, we need belief, we need faith. We need faith, we need family. We need people who think like we do and who are like us. I think where you've ended up is just something that's toxic. And the only way to do it is to be disciplined and orderly. I'll let you chew on that some more. And I'll also explain how to be more disciplined and orderly best I can in the next episode. I'll let you chew on that. I'll be around.